Hi, listeners. Thanks for joining in. Welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. In this series, we aim to provide you the latest workforce management approaches and best practices in HR. I'm Debbie Bola, Senior Vice President and Editorial Director of HRO Today magazine. The challenges of the last few years have certainly caused financial strain on employees. And with inflation tracking above 6% year over year, it's not getting any easier. Employees are struggling to manage their budgets, and many are asking for raises. Of course, organizations are facing rising costs too. This makes it challenging to provide the wage increases employees expect. So in what ways can employers help? Luckily, I'm an expert here today to answer this question and more. Cheryl King is Executive Vice President and Chief People Officer of Health Equity, a leading administrator of health savings accounts and other consumer-directed benefits. Cheryl leads the people team strategy and teammate experience. As a top people person, she oversees Health Equity's employer brand while creating an environment that nurtures remarkable team member experiences to fuel personal, professional, and company growth. Cheryl has more than 20 years of people team experience in delivering innovative people strategy, managing teams in high-performance cultures, and developing the best and brightest talent. Thanks, Cheryl, for joining me today. Can you tell me how employee expectations of work have changed over the last few years? The expectations have changed dramatically, and I think the expectations were changing pre-COVID. You were starting to see a shift, but COVID just accelerated any change for workplace preferences. What people found while they were working remotely or their work was completely disrupted as a result of layoffs and things going on during COVID is that work-life balance became even more important. People were looking for the flexibility, whether that's flexibility of where you're going to work or flexibility of what hours you're going to work or how you're going to get paid or the frequency of getting paid. Every single facet of the work experience, people were looking for flexibility As things started to shift and open up, the preferences really started to become around earning power and the ability to have choices and options. You notice with some companies that were asking people to come back to work in scenarios where it wasn't actually the nature of the job, obviously service, manufacturing, healthcare, hospitality, all those had really no choice. That's where work was. But for other environments where people were starting to request people come back to work, employee preferences were certainly changing around where they were going to work and what they were going to do. And there have been several challenges over the last few years, and some companies are considering different strategies beyond salary increases that can be implemented to help with managing inflation. What do you recommend? It really depends on the audience that you're serving. So what is your demographic? What is your workforce? If you're in an environment where you predominantly rely on early career people, for instance. So early career means people right out of college or in the middle of college. So they might be folks who are still in college and then they graduate. Offering some sort of student loan repayment and assistance there is absolutely something that people are looking at. But you have to kind of understand what your demographic needs. Does your demographic need to have more subsidy for the health care because they can't afford out-of-pocket expenses? Does your demographic need they're just really trying to pay off their student loan debt? Do they need better options for what I would call earning power, so skill building? Can I help someone actually acquire new skills so that they have the potential to get themselves into higher paid positions? So there's a lot of different ways 
that companies are looking at creating, you know, a really good offering so that you can attract people and be competitive and you can retain the folks that you have. What I'm observing is the request from employees, and they're not using these words, but what it translates into is investment. They want to know that the company that they're working for and trying to be retained is investing in them not just in the immediacy, which is what I would call merit increase, but investing in them in the long term and helping them to acquire skills, helping them to save for their future, helping them with their mental health, helping them with their overall health and well-being. So really looking at all the different ways that you can invest uh, into your workforce. Those are some great points, and I heard you mention health benefits. So what are some ways for employees to manage their health benefits spend specifically? First of all, being a consumer of your health care, that's one of the, the very first and foremost things is understanding what things actually cost and doing some research to make sure that you're choosing an option that makes the most sense for you and is cost efficient. The other is preventative care. Our founder, Steve Millman, started out as a surgeon and before he started this company, and you know, he comes to our annual meetings, and he spends about 20 minutes talking to the workforce about preventative care. It's that important. It actually makes a huge difference, not on the immediate, but also on your long-term spending. If you can find something out early and get in front of it, you can control your costs as an individual. I think the other part of controlling your costs is understanding utilization and making sure that you're saving the money that you can save so that when you do need to afford health care, that you've got the funds available to you. And what kind of plans can help you save? Well, health savings. So that's certainly the business that we're in. I've been with Health Equity as the Chief People Officer now for about five months. And I made the move to this business because I fully believe in the purpose People deserve to be healthy, and they deserve to have access to health care. They deserve to be able to take care of their families, health care. And, you know, one of the ways that that can be achieved is by having plans where you can save money for your health care. The tax advantages are enormous to triple tax savings. So to be able to put money away and save money while you're, you know, you're healthy and you're not needing to spend that money on health care, so that if the time comes and you actually need to pay for health care, you've got a savings account for it. And the cool thing about it, as I learned over my career running benefit program designs, <laughs> I remember the first benefit plan where I designed in a high deductible health care plan with an HSA. And that was probably eight years ago was the first time I offered it. We've been around for 20 years, but first time I offered it as a plan design was eight years ago. And the reality was it's such a great way for people to put money aside, have it there, and if you don't spend it, it stays with you. And that's really different than some of the other advantages out there that I also think are very useful, like the flexible spending accounts, dependent care, things like that where you get a tax advantage for it. The challenge is you have to use it within a year, whereas your health savings you really get to keep that, and if you're not using it, you can invest it, which is also a really huge opportunity. The generation that's coming into the workforce now, they're way more savvy about investing with things like cryptocurrency that I'm not advocating for by any means, just recognizing it's a trend, as well as using platforms like Robinhood. It's more accessible for the demographic and the generation coming in to think about investing. The other generations have their 401k to invest, but you can't tap into it. 
until you're retiring. So sometimes people don't have the access or the funds to invest otherwise. The health savings is an opportunity for you to save tax-free, invest, and then have the funds available when you need them. Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity for employees. So in what ways can HR communicate their benefit offerings to employees to attract and retain top talent? Well, the first is understanding that benefits are complicated. <laughs> you know, having managed benefits teams for years, a lot of times when you live and breathe it and you understand plan design and you know how everything works and you understand the benefits and the, you know, the puts and takes of everything, you take for granted that it's really complicated for a employee or for an average person. So I think starting with the basics and making sure that it's extremely clear what your offering is. And you have lots of offerings. Part of your offering might be what your match is for your 401k. That is an offering. Make sure people understand why that's an offering and why you're approaching it the way you're approaching it. You have a high deductible plan and if you offer to seed in HSA, not all companies do, but if you're a company who offers to seed the HSA, which basically means I'm going to put money into your health savings account to get you started. That's a huge offering. And even if it's small, it's $50 you know, a year or even $50 every six months, like seeding it is a big investment. Communicate it. Make sure people know that that's something you're doing to help people invest in their future savings in healthcare. That's a big part is just making sure that people actually understand what the offering is. I think other examples of investments that you're making, one example is a tuition reimbursement program. I feel like that's one of the most underrated (laughs) programs that people offer, and it's out there, and a lot of times employees have to go looking for it, and there's a lot of restrictions around when they get to use the reimbursement or not. So how are you messaging it? How are you talking to your employees? One recommendation I have is, hold regular lunch and learns. And I'm calling them lunch and learns, but when you're in a remote environment, perhaps it's, you know, a virtual lunch and learn. If say you're in a manufacturing environment, um, it's a great opportunity during people's break times to just host some open sessions for people to come and ask questions and be available so that people can help think through what the best options are. And it sounds like education is key. What would you say is an important consideration when building your benefit offerings? how to evaluate where to invest. There's so many things you could do. A merit increase, you could increase your bonuses, you could seed an HSA, you could offer education reimbursement as opposed to tuition reimbursement. You can offer paid dental. I mean, there are so many things you could do to create an offering that is attractive to your employees. And from my perspective, it's understanding that any offering you do is an investment. It's an investment in your workforce. And I think as a people leader or a benefit plan design manager, making sure you know what your workforce needs and wants, and it it doesn't have to be the same. You know, if you're in manufacturing, you're not competing with Google. Don't try to compete with a tech company that offers things that are really desirable for a technology company. Make offerings that are really desirable for your demographic. That's how you'll attract the demographic you're trying to get, and that's how you retain the demographic. And a lot of times that comes with, you know, doing surveys, getting voice of employee, ask them what they want, and design a plan that invests in their immediate and then long-term education, health, financial, well-being, et cetera. And lastly, Cheryl, how should an HR leader who is looking to communicate and educate their teams learn more? 
Yeah, so specifically when it comes to benefit plan design around health savings, I would tell someone to go to our website, which is healthequity.com, and you'll see that we have you know, a section there titled Insights, and we have tons of resources for people who are trying to communicate to their workforce about the value of health savings accounts and the value of saving for your health care. So I would recommend going there. You've given our listeners a lot to think about. Thanks, Cheryl. Until next time, I'm Debbie Bola.